episode 69 of the Get In My Garden podcast. I'm Aaron Moskowitz, and this is part two of my chat with natural farmer and community activist Marco Thomas in Petersburg, Virginia. We talk more about the IMO solutions, Korean natural farming principles, and building up the farmer's market culture in his city. His mission is to share with his community and teach them that it is possible to feed a family low-cost, nutritious food off a small piece of urban land. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen from, and if you didn't hear the first half of this interview, listen to episode 68. Follow Marco's work on Instagram at Marco underscore is underscore growing to see his amazing garden and projects. And you can follow this podcast at Get In My Garden. As you learn and continue your own garden, you said you're in the second year now. Is there anything this year that's like blown your mind that you didn't expect? I wouldn't say that, but so this is my property here and I have my home garden as well, but that I have... I kind of don't have any more room there. So it was, all, it was mm-hmm. perfect that I got this place to expand and continue to grow. But one thing that my approach here was because where I got the property, is it was trees. You know, there was just trees that hadn't been really touched for 25 years. So it's kind of like a forest. There are some larger trees too, but I had to clear this area to... Um, to put my gardens here. So basically I pu- I took and I pushed everything, all the trees and cut them down into shrubs and I pushed those into hugel beds. Cool. Yeah. So I wanted to use, you know, all that plant debris and everything else and, and make some hugel beds. So I did that. And then that left me with kind of forest floor, which was cleared where my gardens were going to go. And I says, well, you know, I want to preserve all those microbes and I don't want them, you know, to be diminished. So this was in the fall and everyone was bagging their leaves and putting them out on the curb. I know you guys don't really do a lot of that out there. That's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But here, so everyone there, you know, instead of using those leaves and putting them right back in their yard or they throw them out and they take them to the trash. So one of, one of the things I did was I just continuously rode around picking up bags of leaves that people already raked up for me. And so then I covered my entire area with about four inches of leaves Nice. And then, so now I'm like, okay, now I've got that forest floor and now I've covered it similar to how nature would, because, you know, one of the other principles do as nature does, you know, how would nature do it? Mm -hmm. So I covered all that soil with, with leaves. And then from there I got wood chips and then covered all those leaves with wood chips. Gotcha. And then the areas where I wanted to put my beds, then I had soil that I had been building here because I build my own soil using a lot of Bokashi uh, food scraps. So then I covered that, though, made my beds right on top of those wood chips and then covered again with mulch, and those were kind of my growing areas. That's perfect. I was wondering about like what kind of compost material you were going to have to add, but that is definitely one of the first considerations, too, for people who are just getting started, I think. They have to get enough organic material in there. That is true. But then that, that can receive all of the IMO that you put in. Yeah, that's right. And, 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 you know, if you have been growing, you know, and the way I did it, that was mainly just because, you know, it had to be cleared. That was the first year growing there. But if you know, if you have your home garden, most people have, you know, their beds or even the soil isn't, isn't horrible. Usually mm-hmm. you can get away with just adding a little bit of topsoil or bag stuff, you know, you can kind of buy from your local uh, horticulture store or landscape and supply, you know, and, and kind of just start building up from there. But then 
from there, you just want to keep using those old plant residues and things like that and start building up the organic matter. Well, and then, so IMO2, do you want to tell us a little bit about after that? Like, so once you've got your everything established, don't they have like nine solutions? IMO is, is constantly growing. So right now, where I'm at is IMO5. And so basically, IMO2 was when you t- took that first collection and, and then put it into a dormant state. That's IMO2. Now to make IMO3, here's where it gets a little bit more advanced. Not difficult, but a little more advanced because now to make IMO3, you have to water in other natural farming inputs that we haven't talked about yet, such as fermented plant juices, fermented fruit juice, and then kind of your herb, herbal OH, uh, OHN, herbal nutrients. So, Interesting. Yeah. So it, from IMO2, that's why I said it's a good point to just get in there and water and stuff. But then from there, you're going to have to start making your own inputs to, to finish the process. Okay. And, you know, with the herbs and things like that, what's the basis on all that? One of the things is, is always use what's available to you. And that's kind of one of the principles. So you never want, you, you don't want to, you know, put yourself into a place where you feel like you have to have a certain ingredient. But for like, just say OHN is garlic, ginger, angelica, cinnamon, and licorice. And wow, yeah, so it's those four items or five. I don't remember what I said. So those items, and it doesn't have to be all of them, but to make a proper own, you should have as many of them as you can. And each one of those is basically you're making a liquid ferment. And then mm-hmm. own is those, OHN is those things combined together. And then that's one of your main things to use it in natural farming, just because it, it, the herbs invigorate the plants and they also have you know properties that keep pests away and they also build build your soil micro populations gotcha that makes sense when i first heard it i I thought maybe it was related to that method where people are like taking you know like the bull's horn and doing kind of these it seems like almost some sort of witchcraft you know yeah yeah i know what you mean and it can be it's kind of like one of the principles again is you know you are the master of your garden so Mm -hmm. a lot of these things are defined and and you know how they're prepared and how they're made but if you keep those same principles then there's there's uh, the whole world is open to you as far as the different ingredients that you use that's cool yeah that's what's that's what's so so great about it you know a lot of people get hung up on the, uh, you know, trying to make it a regimen, but it's really not. It's really using what you have and then using it as the plants need it. That makes sense. And how have you transformed yourself? Have you gotten, since you're going all natural, did you uh, notice any big change in the way that you interacted with your garden? Well, yeah, you know, it will make you think differently about your garden, especially with, you know, incorporating the no-till in there and really focusing on the soil food web. You know, all my gardens are designed to where, you know, I can reach halfway across each bed, you know, things Mm -hmm. like that. That way you're not stepping in your soil, you know. My, my dad came over the other day and was picking some strawberries and he like stepped in the bed and I'm like, you know, Hey, you know, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> get out of my bed, you know? So, um, everything is set up. I and mean, my arms are a lot longer than his, so I kind of understand, but, um, it's all set up so that I can reach halfway across so that I'm not stepping in the bed. 
and just to th- just always think keeping your soil in mind you know that's the thing i'm tending to like i'm always you know pulling up a little bit of the mulch just to see okay are you guys still moist in there does everything got enough you know water and then it definitely makes you focus on the soil more than the plants because i found that with going all natural i don't have deficiencies i don't really have to worry about the plants other than if you know, I get some pests or something. And then with being, you know, mindful of that, you keep an eye on things and you try to stop that in an early stage as well. Yeah. And do are you someone who looks into a microscope at your soil ever? Or you're just going off of the plants and what and the look of the soil? Yes, I actually do. I, I have a microscope. I like to see, you know, if the different things I try I like to see the micro, you know, if, if it worked, if I have more populations or less. So I got a 2,500-time microscope with a camera that attaches, you know, to my computer that I can take some pictures. So, yeah, I definitely. But I don't talk a lot about that because I don't want to discourage people. I want this to be the simplest thing and to where you and I and you keep seeing me do it that you say, you know what, let me just do this because it's simple. But, you know, if I start breaking into the microscope and we're talking about, you know, amoebas and all the breaking down the, right. you know, if you, if you get too technical, it's going to push folks away. So I want to be as simple as possible. And then as you get into it, you're going to want to see it in a microscope. You're going to start, you know, doing stepping up, you know, your game that way. So that's kind of my approach. Well, I really like the idea that when you first mentioned taking microbes from other areas and then coming up with something that's just like more water resistant potentially or something like that. Um, but regardless, once the soil food web gets going, I'm guessing it's an obvious change in how much water you would have to use. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, as long as you're, you get once you keep that, that mulch layer, like you don't have to water nearly as much. And also cover crops. People would people look at you know weeds uh, and cover crop as and not necessarily cover crop, but weeds. Weeds can be your friend as well. You know, as long as you're keeping them trimmed down and, and not out of control. I found that, and this is a little bit surprising. I found that um I had an area where I have some blueberries and I pretty much cleared out all the you know weeds and undergrowth and then I planted my blueberry shrubs and then I just put a layer of mulch or a thin layer. And I have another section where I actually just let clover grow. And the the ones where the clover is growing, they're, the soil stays so much more moist there. Like, so cover crops actually mm-hmm. pull moisture to the air. You would think, no, they're drinking it and they're taking it from the plants. But really, it turns it into a full, you know, more of an ecosystem. And it's a lot less reliant on rain to, and to water it. That's awesome. And you said you're getting involved with the farmer's market now. Are you going to be selling anything there or are you just helping the community and farmers? So mainly they, they asked me to be on the board. So I'm going to I'm going to be on the board. And my main focus is to help bring our local community on into the farmer's market. So that's going to be my main focus. And then just I'll probably have a stand set up as well and maybe sell a few products, but more or less try to spark interest in, in what I'm doing. That's great. Yeah, to just kind of, you know, if you're, hey, if you're going to the farmer's market and, you know, you stop by my stand and I put a bug in your ear and maybe one more person, you know, doesn't want to use chemicals, or, you know, and, and, and maybe they want to give natural way a try. So that's, that's so good. So there is a farmer's market, but it's just not that active at this point. 
Well, it's it's it was established in 2017 and it is active. But, you know, obviously with this Corona this year. Oh, yeah, that, 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 that shut that shut things down a lot. But the biggest challenge for us here is, like I said, this city is predominantly, you know, black. And the area of the farmer's market is called Old Town. And right now Mm -hmm. we're trying to bridge the gap from the locals that are around the area and letting them understand that the Old Town market is also for them. You know, it's kind of Mm -hmm. just a little bit of inter-city divide. And it's not too much of a negative thing. It's just more of a well, you know, well, we don't go down there kind of thing. And what, gotcha. and what I'm helping to do is go into the communities because, you know, with me being from here and everything, getting more in the communities and saying, hey, come on down. You know, this is what we got going. It's, it's for you. It's for all of us. And one of the other things, the market got a grant for a refrigerated food truck. So we're also going out into the community to help bridge the gap. Oh, that cool. Way. So it's, it's uh, that's really awesome. Yeah, we're looking for some big things coming up with the market. That's so good. I mean, honestly, it's just I think once people can objectively get local food and taste it, and they'll know the difference, and they'll uh, it's just like a win-win. Everybody's going to want it. Yeah, and and you know another thing we're doing, uh, we're matching the you know EBT or you know the food stamp. Uh, if you spend a dollar with your EBT card, we're making that two dollars. So. You know, just doing kind of things like that to, you know, say, you know, just whatever we can, because people got to start eating better food. You know, it's, we have a lot of no health issues, especially in this little city here. And it's all over the country, I'm sure. It's so true. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. And I feel that obviously you have to have good food and you have to have education opportunities. And then it just everything starts to build. Yeah. And I mean, we do double up food bucks here, too. And I think that because some people would say, oh, well, it's so expensive. But I think that would definitely bring it to the same price level. Correct. At least. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I have this saying that you either pay for good food or grow good food or you're going to pay for medical, you know, so don't fret over the price of the food when it was grown from a great grower with no chemicals, no pesticides, nutritional value is way higher because it was done naturally. So that's another part of the educational part, you know, thing where, you know, someone says, well, I can get two tomatoes for a dollar over here. Well, that tomato is not even red. Not even, doesn't even taste <laughs> like anything. Right. You know, so we got to start. That, that's a little bit part of the education and, you know, the taste says it all really. Yeah. And I, I think that too, if we don't have good food, our brains aren't going to function properly. Correct. I agree. So it's hard to be, you know, have a positive life and start, you know, from anywhere if your food is poisoning you. Exactly. I agree. Is there anything else you wanted to share about? We kind of brushed on Bokashi a little bit. Oh, yeah. So Bokashi is a pretty neat process where you're just taking your food scraps and basically fermenting them in an anaerobic environment, such as uh, similar to like you do with a sauerkraut or, uh, you know, kimchi or, or anything like that. And right now, if you just search Bokashi, there's, you know, you can buy the brand, which is uh, it's, it's just kind of a oats or grains. It has lactic acid bacteria inoculated into it. And you can buy that, but you can also make it fairly easy too. If you just kind of look up LAB, online lactic acid bacteria uh that's something you can make and and i think that's a good thing to to do with your food scraps especially for a gardener you know because you got to think all that's just nutrition 
that could be used, you know, to, to feed your plants and grow more food for you. So I think people definitely should reach out and check into Bokashi. Cool. Yeah, I feel like Bokashi is really getting more and more and more popular. Yep, exactly. And that's a, that's another good step one, you know, into doing it the natural way is is, is not throwing those food scraps in the landfill and, and actually reusing them. I've got a deal set up locally with a salad shop where I just bring them barrels and they just fill my barrels up with, you know, all of their veggie scraps and, and all that goodness. I actually took those scraps, kind of combined them and did a bokashi on them and then sent them out for, um, for testing. That product was something that's equal to pretty much any of your organic fertilizers that you can find out there in the store as far as the, the NPK. Kashi has another added benefit. You can feed it to your farm animals as well. It's great for gut health and it's got lots of probiotics in it. That's awesome. That's also, it kind of reminds me of one of my ideas about natural food too, is that if you go to the farmer's market and you get your food and you're eating fresh salad greens and root vegetables, you're probably putting the cell, the same healthy bacterias into your body. That's correct. Yeah. So compared to like a conventionally farmed vegetable it's just very different. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You're right about that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Marco. Best of luck to you. Congratulations on all those awesome projects. And it sounds like you're doing some amazing things for your community. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm just trying to spread as much of that knowledge as I can. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to, to reach out to some more people. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you get inspired and excited about microbes and the potential of natural farming methods. Next week, we will go down a mycological rabbit hole and see what we can find. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen from and leave a positive review if you want to support the show.